Hey everyone, this podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman by heading over to patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. That's patreon.com slash g-a-m-e-f-u-l-l-y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Halbkast mit Tom Reimann an David Bell. Yeah, man. Oh man, hell yeah, we're full of spunk. Just, you guys spunky? Yeah. Too much spunk. I'm all bulging with spunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's something, I've read your resume, Tom. It says mm-hmm. it right there Let's on the top. Bulging with spunk is my subhead, yeah. yeah. It's my yeah. bio on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, LinkedIn. Mm. I need LinkedIn to change my spunk. profile back. My profile for the longest time was a golden retriever with a tie on LinkedIn. Uh-huh. And I don't know why I changed it back. Probably because we all got fired. Yes. Yeah. And I like had to turn to LinkedIn. I'm like, are you, do you matter? Are you turns real? Out, turns, yeah. out, turns out, no, it does not. No. <laughs> yeah. Are you a bit? Yeah. Uh, can I make you a bit interaction with every single social media thing yeah. I can think of? Do I need to care about you? Is this a bit thing I Ello? can do? Do I need an Elo account? Yeah. No. <laughs> Fucking Elo. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Remember Elo, guys? I do. I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. Good times. It's all right. <laughs> my, I, I, th- I wrote one thing on Elo ever, and my profile picture was Michael McDonald. <laughs> and so it remains. <laughs> For all eternity. Yep. Oh yeah, Ella will will be there long after we're dead. Yep, <laughs> our shitty half-assed Ella pages. Yep, it was yep. our chariot of the gods. We just yeah <laughs> let it slip right past us. A true Ozymandias, an uncrumbling stone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point of that poem, right? Sh- yeah, yeah. So. Stone st- stays around forever. Ella's forever, baby. All right. Oh shit! Um, I guess we should get started, <laughs> or we could just keep yeah. talking about Elo. Yeah, fuck yeah! Welcome to Elo Cast. Yeah, Elo Cast. Elo Cast. <laughs> 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 we get hyped about Elo. Um, no, but but in in all seriousness, hello everyone. <laughs> hello. Hi. Uh, welcome to another episode of Hypecast. Hypecast. The show where we get hyped about stuff and or things. I'm your co-host Tom Ryman. I am your other co-host, David Bell, and you you already heard our guest. Mm. I'm Abe Epperson. Nice there to meet you. Mm. Nice to meet you too, Abe. Yeah. What's your what's your Elo handle? <laughs> I've since deleted probably my old one. Okay. Uh, like that's my old one, that's the handle? Yeah. <laughs> you don't wanna you don't wanna share your Elo with the world? My, yeah, my my old username. No, I don't because um 
It's also like my live journal and stuff. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Live God. journal is... Uh, I tried to pull my live journal up. It's long gone. Yeah. yeah. I. Uh, oh, okay. When live journal got like bought out by like... Some, a a it was Russian like, company. Yeah, it was like a weird Russian company. Oh, Everything got wiped. Mm-hmm. I There was just a, a sigh of relief in my head of like, oh, thank Christ. It's Damn. all gone. So yeah, I, th- I always thought of it as a time capsule that I just distanced myself from mm. and act oh. like it wasn't me. And For that's, me, it was like, oh, go on. Well, I was just, that's why I have an old username that I'm just like, that is now expired. <laughs> you know, right. like once I got to college, I was like, I no longer exist. I am a clean slate. I'm n- freshly printed from the vat, in, <laughs> you know, right. taken into the uh, into the, the world. And now I'm new and fresh and I don't have any of that baggage. Right. For me, it was like the, yeah, the ending of Office Space where the building burns down mm-hmm. and he, he's off the hook. Mm-hmm. That was, for me, the erasing of... Uh, of live journal yeah, yeah it's a really cathartic experience yeah. we, you know Spe- specifically because dave flew to st petersburg and burned the headquarters down <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. fucking yeah, maniac it's, yeah it's like gone e- forever there's nothing you know better. too much about my poetry as a teenager <laughs> there's nothing you better than die. taking old usernames and passwords and buying like a, a flame retardant goblet i assume mm-hmm. and then Putting those, writing them down, putting them in papers, and uh, lighting them on fire, and then saying a chant to Satan. Yeah. Uh, I find that that is the height of human, you know, just like, just the experience, just the whole fucking experience. <laughs> just Look, burn it all down. Mm-hmm. We've said it before on this podcast. Uh, uh, hail Satan. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, we're very. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to speak for the podcast, but I'm so glad you guys are allies, oh, satanic yeah. no, allies. We're, we're, we're yeah. firm. We're firm allies. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, we have producers. We do have producers. Um, do we want to? Do, do they also them? all hail Satan? Can we say I'm, that legally? We can't, but I am going to assume yes. Yeah. Well, thank you, Satan producers. <laughs> thank you, Satan producers. Yep. Um, I'll, I'll go down the list with. Uh, uh, Pete for Pagel. Uh, thank you, Pete. Thank you to Glitterus. Mm. Always a pleasure. Uh, thanks to quote. Thanks for having Jason Pargin on. Here's twenty five bucks. Uh, and I guess thanks to Jason. Yeah, that continues to pay dividends. Yeah. Uh, thank you to the Midnight Patron. What patrons at midnight? Thank you to Exploding Runes. Woo! Uh, thank you to Andrew. Quote, Andrew, how, how? You're all great in yeah. my book. You're all just excellent people. Excellent yeah. humans being. Yeah. Um, thank you to Asking Seven. Thank you to Vincent with a Y. Goddamn vampire. Uh-huh. Thank you to Rev MD. Thank you to Dracula, the bus driving vampire. Um, and Aiden, you, you emphas- handled last... You emphasize, sure. You emphasize bus, like not the truck driving vampire. Right. Or, I wanted to make yeah. it clear that he's the bus driving vampire. Right. Mm. Uh, let's give it up for HP Love Shaft. Woo! Thank you. Uh, let's hear it for John Munez. Woo! Hearing it. We're hearing it. Woo! And one more, uh, Captain Toenail. Woo! Thank you, Captain. Woo! <laughs> we did it. I Woo. helped. <laughs> Abe helped. Abe did help. 
Oh man, uh, let's. Should we talk about trailers? Yeah, we got we got trailers. Apparently, they're still making movies. Yeah, not, so far. Not based off what I saw of these trailers. Nah, they ain't. <laughs> 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 not That's really. Fair. That's fair. They're just first. Yeah. <laughs> well, first trailers for respect. Yeah. Mm. Uh. This is a one of them biopics. Mm-hmm. 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 And what do you guys think? Um, um I, eh. uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing Jennifer Hudson's going to be really good in it. Um, it's a biopic about Aretha Franklin. Uh, to the listeners who maybe have not seen the trailer, um, I remember seeing like a real short teaser for this. What feels like last year. Really? Um, yeah, it, where it's just the beginning of her singing in front of the letters. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. This uh, It's supposed to come out in December. Uh, we'll see if movie theaters still exist by then. Right. Look, I have no, uh, pr- I have no problem with, uh, you know, like biopic movies, you know, and the, mm-hmm. uh, the idea of let's uh let's make a little let's get a little propaganda for some great people you know like all right i can you know let's Mm -hmm. let's make that statue um and i think aretha franklin is you know i don't know too much about her so i'll probably end up watching it um and um i'm sure it's a interesting story the trailer seems pretty milquetoast however and i just don't think that biopic movies do it for me I, if they do it for you you know cool this looks yeah. like another one um, i'm sort of i'm on your side here it's like yeah. they, they they make it into a disneyfication of it you know which is well, fine that's the, entertainment baby yeah, but that, that that happens but it's going often. to be unnaturally honest and it's it's going to try to course us to believe that every figure like the same thing with the freddie mercury you know, uh, Elton John, all the, you know, all these people who had fantastic lives and probably uh, went up against, uh, most definitely went up against, uh, you know, horrible conditions in their own, you know, attempt to reach fame and, you know, glamour and success. Um, but ultimately, what are we, what are we saying with these films? That's sort of where I uh, come from on this because. I think biopics always have great performances. Uh, you know, they they usually go to the Oscars or something like that. But I I don't, especially music biopics, is that they kind of have to have the same path because we know because it's just okay. They're not famous. They're struggling. Uh, then they're famous. Yeah, it it they all, and then it all they're sort like of... personal relationships on the side. Like, yeah. The pro- I think the problem is you either have to lie a lot to make it fit into a movie format or it's just, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and the movie's over. Uh, because I, it's not that these people don't have interesting lives. Um, it sounds like this one has you know a lot more to it than just that, but they all kind of fit into that one path. Yeah. And it, it gets like... They're all extremely samey, depending on whether or not the person in que- the subject uh, of the film died young. Yeah. yeah. They, um, so there's like two different versions of this movie, and then those are the two different versions, pretty much. <clears throat> what right. It, what it kind of comes down to for me 
is that uh, stories are archetypes. They're archetypes and plots that we have told and retold. And they're familiar to us, and they also surprise us in different ways because you can combine them in a lot of cool ways. That's what's cool about story and puzzles and, and stuff like that. Um, with these, I don't like taking an actual human who had a very like a life that was probably at times very dramatic and also mm-hmm. at times very boring because we all have lives. <laughs> we know right. what lives are. Yeah. And then to take a narrative stint on it and say, let's co-opt it into this. And then, Oh, I see it's like grasping for straws or rather it's like making a documentary where you walk in to a topic that you are kind of learned in. Like if you're a filmmaker and you walk into like, I want to make a documentary about X, Y, or Z. And then what you do is you try to make whatever information you receive into a mold of something that you want to build. That's what, and this is just that on, on rails because the screenwriter can just say like, Oh, there's one moment where, you know, uh, Freddie Mercury, this happened to Freddie Mercury. Well, let's make that like the arc where also we deal with the fact that they were dealing with like bigotry or dealing with that. And it's just so black and white in that regard. And it's not that like the spirit of the movie does it justice or not. I mean, there's an argument there. And if that's fine and you're watching these films going like, ah, it's, it's all a lie anyway, but maybe it's entertaining then I think that that's probably the most healthy way to receive these films. But um, it's, it's, it's very problematic and like, who's at the helm, who's doing these things. Like what is really the story? I don't think I'm going to get it out of this. And that's what it's trying to promote itself as is like here for the real story of Aretha Franklin. It's going backwards. uh, Because I think about, I think about a movie like Lords of chaos where like no one was, like we gotta make this we gotta make a movie about uh black metal bands yeah. uh that wasn't a thing it was just they were like this is an interesting story uh with so many biopics i i always think of walk the line because walk the line <laughs> which yeah. a lot of people like but i i found boring because it felt like people were like well we have to make a movie about johnny cash they started mm-hmm. from there of like mm-hmm. yeah. well we have to tell this story and ultimately the story's not that interesting Mm-hmm. And I watched it, I was like, okay, so he like got into pills and had a shitty marriage and okay. Like <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why I needed to watch this. It happens, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, exa- it's just a person's life. And it which, typically doesn't do it in a like cuz like a story about someone taking pills can be very interesting. It's just like it's not done in a new fresh way. It's just like and then they did that old trope of like the rock star or you know like the the glamour Mm-hmm. Uh, of the business got to them or it didn't or you know like whatever it is i just see it as like more or less propaganda right of course in terms of this movie it's all what we're saying until one comes around and that's it's not spectacular that. yeah exactly 100 exactly. yeah. percent. so be this, one. It, this is a, mostly a comment on the trailer because the trailer is trying to be trying to fit every biopic yeah and trailer. uh, yeah trailers that's those are that's trailers that's trailers yeah. baby <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hey this is like that thing that you like go see it yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it smells so, like it don't you want that smell in your smell nostrils it. it smells like it oh man so yeah <laughs> that's the respect, respect. Trailer. that's the respect yeah. trailer, that's the respect baby. trailer now i'm sure uh it's definitely a more cap like 
saying knowing nothing really about like the particulars of Aretha Franklin's life, I can imagine, but like knowing nothing, uh, you know, which is probably I'm like prime demographic, right? Yeah. Um, for this fi- for this film to like reach, right? I'm a white dude, for example. Like this this should reach me, and I'm sure I'll watch it. Um, I mean. It- it has the benefit of having a good song in the trailer. Yeah. It's a killer uh, song. Yeah. And Aretha Franklin, that's, a, but you know what? It was also, Aretha Franklin is so much more than the respect song. I know that they have to like pick a song, Rocket yeah. Man, you pick a song, you know, like, yeah. It's, yeah. but it's like with both of those, I was like, really? Is that the one? I guess because right. it's yeah, like yeah, a metaphor. <laughs> it is like a double, God. you know, it's like double meaning. It kind of means something too. Like she's demanding respect throughout the film because she's a black woman and it's not her world at the time that she's coming up. And Rocket Man, because he has like a meteoric trajectory and he's like a artist that's like, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't know what the fuck they're trying to do with that. They just, that's the they just one. picked the, yeah, they just picked the wow. biggest queen. So they just picked the big it one. Really? Yeah. It really is cookie cutter, isn't it? Cause then there's it also really walk is. the line. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we'll just pick a song they did. Yeah. And it encapsulates we'll the fucking them, song. you know, like, and as yeah. an artist, uh, I love it. Hmm. Was Eight Mile an Eminem song? Did he sing a song called Eight Mile? No, I think he no. created Eight Mile for the. Okay, because that's another trailer that, if you remember that trailer, it's fucking great. Uh, in part because the music, the song is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like that, that's still one of the. If you go, if you ever never saw the Eight Mile trailer, go watch it. It gets you fucking pumped. Yeah, it's true. I remember yeah. that trailer. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. <clears throat> It, wait, is this coming to theaters? Is this promising yeah, it the- says the it, theatrical release? Yeah, yeah. Like I said it's supposed to be coming out in December. Oh, okay. It's yeah. MGM, so if if it's they're gonna set the tone, you know, MGM mm-hmm. and Paramount and Universal are gonna be, and you know, Disney, obviously, yeah. are gonna be the ones that saying like, uh, theaters are happening now. They're just yeah. waiting for the <laughs> moment that they are well, like, we're trying. not the first Warner one Brothers though, because they're trying to make it happen. Because the first one. That does it is gonna get so much backlash, and then they're gonna be like, "Thank God it wasn't us." But we're number two, so one month I after love... that, that's just how the cycle works, baby. They just Whenever... they got us hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> Whenever I see a news story like the recently it was Vanilla Ice announces concert, I don't even get outraged because I'm like, "Yeah, cue tomorrow when he cancels it and apologizes." Which and sure did. enough, that's what yeah. happens. Yeah, because everybody keeps being like, "I don't give a fuck." This way... is coming out, and then like two days later, they're like. I, I'm so sorry about that. I uh, I understand the dangers. It's like the uh, tenant was like, we're coming out in July. Like, oh shit! And then then now they're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite thing is how Vanilla Ice did like the quote. It's just so hilarious when we quote figures who like in AP style, like a you know like a an article does a thing. And it has a voice, and it like speaks speaks in high gravitas. And then like you just get a quote from Vanilla Ice, and he's like, "I forget what it is, but paraphrase. It's like, oh shit, I didn't know the Corona numbers were so high. My bad." <laughs> and it's just like hilarious that that's like that's an that was kind of enough for me in a strange way. Like I wasn't immediately on his side. I wasn't like immediately like hell yeah, Vanilla Ice. But at the same time, I was like, "Yep, that's all." people basically want just don't do it <laughs> you know yeah no absolutely there it's not like they don't need to make a big apology necessarily yeah. they don't have to talk about 
they're under they just have to be like okay yeah no never mind so i'm pouring canceled the thing i'm pouring one out for vanilla ice for (laughs) once in his life just uh keeping it real yeah (laughs) speaking of of, um, of all the people to be trapped in a disconnected bubble oh i don't know why anyone was surprised that vanilla ice (laughs) was yeah Uh, speaking of, I don't know, a white guy, uh, the next trailer is The Tax Collector. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. This is the, the with, uh, David LaBeouf. Ayer movie. Yeah, David Ayer doing uh, Shia LaBeouf playing uh, like a skeezy guy. His name who, in the uh, film is uh, Creeper. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> um, the interesting thing about this trailer is uh, we got um, some... Uh, exclusive images and stuff to run on Collider this week of this movie. Shia LaBeouf is not the main character. No, I could tell from the trailer because the trailer really focuses on him. Right, but then they credit him they credit him as a side character. He's top billing, he's the star, he like this is uh, typical for Indies. Yeah. Bobby Soto is the main character. I think he's on Narcos, I think. Yeah, and we can tell all yeah. like even though the trailer does is very Shia heavy, mm-hmm. you can see that it's like all yeah. the drama seems to be following this one guy. Yeah, it seems like his family is abducted, you know, yeah. like or someone's family is abducted, but like it's, he seems to be his, very yeah. involved. <laughs> yeah, it's like this movie's about two guys who are tax collectors, quote unquote, which is basically they work for the big crime boss and they come and collect tax his taxes from all the local gangs that are operating in his territory mm-hmm. yeah and they're like tough guys yes <laughs> they're real tough guys yeah they're all tatted up yeah there's like nice gangs in and they're gonna they're gonna go all gonna, like the idea is there's like a bunch of gangs and mm-hmm. they're gonna go ask them for money yes yeah and they seem to be effective at the job, which seems then, to me like that's going to get tired real quickly because just one person goes, nah, yeah. <laughs> we all talked earlier and there's like 15 of us and yeah. nah. <laughs> and you're like Shia LaBeouf. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're I mean, going to beat you up. Supposedly the trailer's making you out to be the boogeyman. But you look like a man to me. And yeah, <laughs> we all have guns, and you know that's how that yeah, probably should resolve. Yeah, the trailer is building, yeah. the trailer is building you up. No. Yeah. yeah, to be like this this superhuman like murder demon, but you look like Post Malone. Yeah, you should do. Exactly. Uh, they should do a crossover film with the accountant. Mm-hmm. Just so it's like the tax collector versus the accountant. Mm-hmm. And we'll just and those just two like kind of just like indifferent white dudes just beating each other up. You, you guys want that? No, not really. I have a song for this. Has it's, no one? Okay, you want to hear, hear it? It's very short. Yeah, make a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many movies to make. Yeah, just make a different movie. Yeah, don't make. Don't don't keep making that one. Don't make um, that one. Don't make Tax Collector. I mean, David Iyer, I, 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 I'm, I don't I'm know. fine with him existing. Yeah. That would be good. I like some he, of his stuff. Yeah, he can, he can do, he can do good. He, he mm-hmm. can coexist with all of us. <laughs> but, you know, actually, no. Actually, I take back everything I just said. That's true. Uh, everybody stop making movies. <laughs> We're done with movies. Everyone, everyone. stop making movies because then I get to make movies. <laughs> 
You know than, what I'm saying? Like then age less, time. Less people, fewer people doing my job means I get more of the lion's share of the job, right? Shouldn't that's that, how it works. That's mm-hmm. how I think of things. Yeah. Because I, I don't, I, I, I don't have a job. So. Right. And I'm trying. I, I swear. I, I don't know how I can convince you, but uh, David, if you're not you, Bell, if you're listening, but I'm listening too. You are here. listening. Uh, get, give me your jobs. <laughs> yeah, take you take yourself off of the job. Take it off of the and job. give it to Abe. Get, get Let it to Abe, Abe make the tax collector. I'll make it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's gonna be cool. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be you get so even cool. more tattoos on Shia LaBeouf. No, no, yeah. no! It's gonna be a completely different movie. I told you, I'm gonna make a different movie. And no, I mean, you gotta make the tax collector. Well, it's called the, call the tax collector. You gotta do a Freddy versus Jason with tax sure. collector yeah, versus accountant. <laughs> anything better than this fucking shit? Sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. Like End of the Watch to me was like it came and went, and then I was like, okay, there's some good performances, sure. but ultimately the story, like. Who remembers? T- tell me what's the plot of that movie, really? Tell me right now. I did not. I did not see it. I didn't see it. Yeah, I mean there is a there's a kind of plot that I can remember, and I'm sure if I'm watching the film, I'll be able to follow. But I'm not talking about whether or not it's legible. I'm talking about if it's memorable. And uh, for me, nope. Mm. Michael Pena and Jake Gyllenhaal are good though. Yeah, I, I would assume they're very good. They're yeah. very good. Um, yeah. yeah, I like like you know Training Day. I liked. Yeah, um, it seems to be good. the best one. Yeah, yeah but it was also yeah. the first of those kinds. You know. Yeah, you gotta you gotta remember that movie came out in two thousand one. You know, yeah, just about twenty years ago, an eternity yeah. ago, and that means like basically. Like we were the, the, the formal like spell that these types of films, this genre spell that they cast on us, it worked because it was the first one, Sixth Sense. It worked. Now every movie twist, let's make a twist, baby. You know, it's like now it works less. So it's, it's that, that's to me the currency of that kind, these kinds of movies is that how much, how much stock do we really put in this anymore? Therefore, I don't think it's going to be that big or relevant unless like the trailer, which happens from time to times, uh, just totally not representative of the movie actually. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I I like good, I like good crime action thrillers. So yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. It's true though. If you wanted like to do something people haven't seen before, you take the character from the tax collector and you take the character from the accountant. Dave, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there. <laughs> okay, okay. Just saying. I want to make originality. It, I'm going to call it, I'm going to make my version of it called the taxi collector, where it's just mm. a guy who keeps buying taxis. And like yeah, putting, for no reason. And he keeps putting them in his, like, in his house. Yeah. Okay, so and then you his take... like, family's like, you got to stop buying these taxis. And he's We're like, I'll never stop buying house. these taxis. We can't keep all these taxis. Taxis is life. <laughs> so then... you, you team up the tax collector with the bone collector. Yeah. Oh, there <laughs> exactly. Because that's a. Yeah. Doesn't, don't they collect bones? Doesn't, doesn't I assume. everyone collect bones in that movie? It's like, who's the best collector? That's the mm-hmm. point of the movie, right? Right. It's like, Do everyone I have arrives more bones and they're like, I have you 60 have taxis. Bones. I don't know. We'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking. This guy has like 80 taxis. Never That's drives right. him. 
No, no, it's a collection. I think the bone the bone collector would win then because all you need is like one body and you got a pretty hefty collection. But it's then a whole a collection lot of, bones. of bones. Someone walks in yeah. with two bodies. What are you talking about? Collection is I don't I'm saying if you're you doing bodies versus taxis. Like if it was like, "Well, I have 80 taxis." It's like, "Well, I have like three bodies worth of bones. I can't even count them all." Like no how, one's do you, comparing, how do you What are you compare? talking about? What are you talking about? No one's comparing taxis to bones. They're comparing taxis to taxis and bones to bones. This is how collections work. I don't compare your like baseball card collection to like a stamp collection. It's a bone collection, Abe. <laughs> I know it's a bone collection. <laughs> what if the taxis are full of bones? Now we're talking. Yeah, well, now, yeah. Then now that's now the shit is real. Taxi. Now we're having a real conversation. Yeah. The bone taxi. Don't know if you guys the remember. bone taxi. But the guy, the murderer and the bone collector, the titular bone collector himself, uh, yeah. drove a taxi. <gasps> oh, yeah. It's all coming together, dude. Fuck. This Shia LaBeouf there. film is going to be off the chain, dude. Yeah, it's going to be a fucking... Sick ass Shia LaBeouf sick film. Ass, let's let's move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of, I don't know, white guys again. Speaking of white guys. Holy uh, fuck. I didn't boys know this State. existed. Is it me or does this look really fucking interesting? Yeah, because it's a bu- it's a bu- it's this is a documentary about what appears to be a bunch of little Ben Shapiro's. I know. Uh, uh, there's apparently in Texas some sort of like running for governor... I don't know. Like, I don't know what this is. It's it it's looks like, like a bunch of a summer camp for uh, boys who want to be politicians. Yes, mm-hmm. and I don't understand it's, why it's in Texas and why it's like why is it just boys? <laughs> like I don't understand uh, so many. I mean, things. that's I think that's part of the problem, right? Right. Like this. Right. Uh, this is one of those things where it reminds me of like when I was researching police training where I look into it and you go, Oh, that's all the problems Mm. I see. Like this appears to be from what I can tell where a lot of young politicians might come from. And you're watching this, the trailer and you're like, Oh, I see now we need to get rid of that. That's awful. What is that? Where they're like literally doing pushups on stage. And Mm -hmm. like, it's just like clearly again, it's a bunch of little Ben Shapiro's. It's like, so it's 1200 like boys who go to a camp and learn like the in and outs of like running a political campaign for themselves. And somehow there's a vote by the end of it of who is the governor of this boys state. Um, and so it's like a popularity contest. The, the like giving a, it seems to be that most of the kids because it's documentary. So it's like a lot of interviews with these kids and it seems to be dispelling, like looking into what they think is important and what they don't think is important. And most of the kids see like they have, they very clearly have analogs for like, okay, this guy's this guy. Like there's a, there's like a Chad, you know, who's just like, I don't even know what I'm saying half the time. I just know how to say it. And it's just like, yeah, he's kind of that, he's that candidate. And it's like, they all have like, I remember this from when I was in like high school and like speech and debate. Where or any like team sport that not real like an I guess not team sport but there was like a team community but it was like an individual sport like wrestling maybe or something like that um, where it's like everyone builds each other up but they also break each other down because they want to be the best and it therefore it creates these weird weird unwelcome remainders of lack of empathy uh, cutting each other off at the heels like a lot of real real bullshit that is 
prevalent in real politics that I'm sure that the documentary is going to make an analogy for and say this is just like the system we have ultimately. It's a microcosm. I'm looking up uh, alumni. First of all, they also call it Boy Nation. And Mm -hmm. it's like, man, this seems like a lot of red flags for just other things. Yeah, sure. Uh, But some alumni is uh, Mike Huckabee. Okay. Tom Cotton. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's basically a bunch of U.S. congressmen, uh, governors, and uh, Roger Ebert. <laughs> oh, that's weird. <laughs> Not sure how he got out of it. I mean, but... you know, the, these are kids again. Re- let's remember when we watch this. These yeah. are you know fifteen-year-old boys. But it's also like, what the fuck is what, James what, Carville is an alumni. How do you how do you get involved in that? I don't know. I've never heard it's of through, it. It's through like it's a uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh. That makes, can you believe Rush Limbaugh? All these makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I can, is I can it like a southern involved. thing? It's a southern states thing. Like <laughs> John Bon Jovi, guys. Oh, John Bon Jovi is a graduate. He probably won all of them. And then Cory Booker, He's, Bruce Springsteen is also James Gandolfini. What the? This fuck? is Neil Armstrong. So this uh, is like what, old too. Yeah, I got the picture of it being Roger like a Ailes new thing, but it's not. Yeah. This is like a Freemasons shit, dude. Yeah, it's it's one of those things I've never heard of, and maybe people listening are like, "Yeah, of course I've heard of it," uh, but my goodness, yeah. it's uh, it's part of the American Legion, apparently. This is uh, yeah, I I didn't know it existed and that's what i think kind of documentary is supposed to be right so i'll definitely watch this one this one seems interesting yeah this is going to be probably a little dark yeah yeah i don't know if i'm gonna watch this one (laughs) well i i have to like it's just in my best interest just know just i want to you know it's when you see these politicians you wonder like how how do they exist I like love. how did they how did it come to this? Yeah, exactly. How did someone like Matt Gates become mm-hmm. that yeah. person in that weird bubble? I need to understand. And it's somewhat. like there's an entire world that we're not aware of. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes and boy state seems like that. <clears throat> I really want a documentary just to show me like, well, what's God up to? You know, uh-huh. like what is what what's God doing? Uh, and that's kind of the allure of like reality television i mean it's entirely the lure of reality television to be honest but like it's just like let's look at these fucking like what it's <laughs> like these gremlins yeah. what? what the fuck they're doing yeah overturn this rock yeah exactly see all the little squirmy bugs yeah you're not gonna like it it's not gonna Mm-mm. be pretty Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But, but you're it's gonna, there you're gonna see it yeah and then yeah you, i don't know this this is probably the most compelling thing on today's trailer. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a 24 as well. They do good stuff. Yeah. Uh, what is it? It's a 24 coupled with like some other, it's like something terrible. It's uh like Apple TV or something that everything is going to be yes, a real piece of the It is Apple TV. That's right. Fuck. Apple, Apple TV's trying really hard, man. Oh, yeah, I we're, we're going to get to that. They're spending a shitload of money. Oh, uh, yeah, we are going to get to that. <laughs> yeah, Holy and I fuck. might... It might be enough for me. Like, just this movie, I'm like... I might have to get, like, a trial or something to watch this movie. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it also has really good high reviews right now. Sure. So that's cool. That's good. Um, Let's move on. 
What's the okay. next one? What do we What do we got? What do we got? Next one is Amulet. Oh yeah, it's like a it's like a demon. Yeah, it's like got a demon in the house. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> we don't know anything about this fucking trailer. This trailer is useless to me. It is pretty fucking. <laughs> it was just well, okay, a series of events like, that we see in horror films that they we've seen before. <laughs> there, there's a house. All right. There's definitely a house. There's a house. Um, someone's trying to like take care of. I think a, an old lady upstairs that you, she doesn't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they like newspapered that? over the windows. Yeah. And the old lady is apparently possessed by a demon. Mm-hmm. I like. Okay. I like this idea based on the very funny idea that, like, at the end of The Exorcist, if they couldn't get the demon out, they'd just be like, all right, I guess just lock the doors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll just slip food under, and yeah, that's just, just, just how they'll live. Just lock the door and slide a pizza in there every, every day yeah. or so. But who cleans yeah. up her poop? Man. The demon would do the I demon, don't know. I think it's a the demon. demon would take care of it. It's like it's just a yeah. shit demon, luckily. Mm-hmm. Luckily. See, but yeah, that's there's already that's what holes. This seems like, and <laughs> I've just seen mm-hmm. the trailer. <laughs> well, you can have a hole. Where's she shit? You, where's she You make a you make a hole in the uh, in the floorboards, and the poop comes. No one out wants of there. to touch that. That's demon shit. Yeah, yeah. You just put it you right over the, the toilet. You flush it. What if the demon? You do, like, all right, you do a hole in the bathroom ceiling okay. above the toilet. I'm with you. And it, the, the poop goes right. It goes right into the bathroom toilet. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't use that bathroom. Yeah. You know, you just flush every now and then. You go in, you flush. Oh, oh so you're you, like, yeah, you put in, you put in one of those like, you know, those like uh, trash chutes that like construction sites use. Yeah, to carry stuff to down to the dumpster. What's stopping you just do the old that. lady from just going down the chute and getting? Oh, you out. make it too tiny. Yeah, it's you a just, little you hole. Just, you just make it butthole sized. Yeah. Mm. Just butthole sized. She's, okay. she's got she got to pull some serious demon nonsense <laughs> yep. if she wants to get through that okay. pipe. Or maybe it's like has a guest bathroom in the room. We don't know. Then mm-hmm. the demon just has to take care of himself, you know? I'm just saying that this movie is not going to address any of this, and that's a goddamn shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing there's an amulet involved, but uh, seemingly one would expect. Who could, who could say? Maybe who her name say? is Amulet. I don't know. This fucking that's true. trailer sucked. Yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna watch yep. this fucking whatever this watch, is. I watch every every horror movie that comes out, pretty much. It so. could be good. What if it's good? I probably won't watch this one. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm gonna watch the shit out of this. Also, the next trailer. God, this. I mean, come on, Abe. I have a lot of complex thoughts about this. To be honest with you. This is Blackwater Abyss. You have a lot of complex thoughts about Blackwater Abyss. I do, I do. The crocodile movie? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There's one thing I noticed in it uh, that I actually liked for weird reasons is that they were clearly using stock footage of a crocodile Uh like in the trailer. And it makes me think about like Jaws did that. And Mm. you always forget that. But like... Mm -hmm. Jaws had a a little person go into a shark cage and filmed them with a shark Mm -hmm. to get the Richard Dreyfuss stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know. There's something like campy about that that I like that's endearing. But the moment I saw that CGI whip out, I was like, ah, geez. Yeah. They should have kept it like a puppet or something. I don't know what the fuck is going on with Australia, but they seem to love like, like the descent. You know, like they seem to love go- going down in holes mm-hmm. and then yeah, getting people, attacked by stuff. <laughs> there's a whole genre of person 
who just climbs in holes. Yeah, just climbs in holes in Australia, and then gets not a- just Australia though, huh? Not just Australia. Not just Australia. That's true. That's a that's there is a, that's- a human aspect of this i just i've noticed some australian films do this recently but yeah it's basically crawl meets the descent mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh that's fine uh it's also low budget clearly very it's yeah. pretty damn low budget it was shot on like a pretty a lower end professional video camera um and <clears throat> I don't think that they're trying to own it like a um, Blair Witch Project or a Paranormal Activity where we're supposed to believe that this is all footage. This is just how the camera operates like a normal movie. And yeah. uh, it seems like it's like, going to be a lot of talking and a lot of downtime because they don't have the money to create a lot of set pieces. It also explains why the CG is bad and they shy away from it in the trailer. They're trying to get us hooked in. It's kind of like that... Uh, that that moon Apollo eighteen, <laughs> you remember that one? The like oh, I remember that spa- oh, I, yeah, the yeah, moon yes. rocks that are actually yeah. spiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect so, movie. So the thing with this to me is that I have a lot of sympathy for low budget aspirations because I am one of those people, and so I think filmmakers who can't get the money doing it themselves. I have a high regard for that, and I really want to support anyone who comes out of that kind of unbridled, just self-involved system where you're just like, I got to do it, though. I got to make this picture. I'm like, I will never stop anyone from doing that, in my opinion, because yeah, it's, a, it's so hard. And just to get it made is an impeccable achievement for something that usually takes hundreds of people to do with like a group of people. That's like probably not over 50 or hundred. It's very, very hard. And to have no backing by any studio or any of that until clearly this went to like market on uh, festivals and they got picked up for distribution. That's what happened. And so that said, I also, I have this part of me that is like when you do things that are just very, very derivative of two other things, you need to make a nod to the fact that that's what you're doing. Otherwise you're treating your audience as if they're stupid and this shit just will keep working. So it's like, why did this movie need to get made unless it's making some cool statement about the horror genre or trying to do something different from the movies that came before it? Let's take, for example, The Descent and Crawl. You know, both are kind of like middling films. Both are already lower, you know, production qualities, to be honest, in terms of the big scope of Hollywood movies. Um, And the fact that it shows that kind of thing, and it's just basically doing that, I'm looking, and I can't see in the trailer until, like, I've seen this. I'm hopeful that there's something else that the trailer just didn't do because it doesn't translate well or transmit through the trailer format. But like, man, oh man, it makes me really sad that that's what they did with all their time and effort. And someone probably put their life on hold for a very long time in order to make this movie. And, you know, I don't know what's in it. I don't know what they're trying to market here. I think if you just want to make a fun monster film, I get it. Yeah. Uh, But there is an element of... Like movies that's coming to mind for me are like Boar or uh, on the like for monster films or in terms of indie films like uh, The Vast of Night 
or it follows where like if you're making an indie horror um and you're like i'm just gonna make like a fun crocodile movie you kind of have to have like enough money to do that or mm-hmm. a really good uh or someone who's really talented in in cheating it like boar clearly doesn't have boar didn't i don't think had cgi in it right it was uh i don't there might have been some. It was mostly a, a, a big practical bore, though. I thought that yeah, was. and like, you know, it follows. It's like, it's going to just look like people. And it's like, well, that saves a lot of money. Or The Vast of Night just did extremely creative, you know, workarounds. I fucking loved it, yeah. Yeah, and so I I don't know. I don't want to judge this movie before seeing it, because that feels mean for kind of the reasons you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Which is people put in a lot of effort for it. But it is sort of like if you're going to make an indie film... It can't just be we're just gonna make a a, a f- just a monster like a, a killer crocodile, but we don't we don't quite have the means to do that, you know. Right. And it's not like the filmmakers had like, oh, we found this cave that we own, so we might as well shoot a movie in it, you know. Like no, they had to go. They had this idea, went and found a cave, <laughs> you know. Like they <laughs> did the process. Like they didn't just like fall into it, you know. Like it's. Unless, you know, maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they had a cave. I don't know. It just seems maybe very they like, just fell into a cave s- and they were like, well, we got to make a movie. We got to make here. a movie here, baby. Maybe that's how it happened. I don't know. I, I guess I'm hopeful for this one, but I also think that it's not going to get the audience it's ever going to get because it doesn't look good enough. It doesn't feel like, like they tried really hard. And that's like one of the saddest things is that it's like they didn't nail the look enough to make me convinced that this is can compete in even the middle tier trajectory of like festivals, which then makes me ask the question, if it was picked up, there must be something else going on in this story. Maybe it has good monster violence. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. The acting didn't look like spectacular. I feel like they would have pronounced that. Uh, in the trailer I don't know uh, I'm gonna keep it on my radar but I'm not hopeful is I guess my my assessment um, so just looking up the director I'm a little surprised uh, this is the director of uh, uh, The Reef oh sure uh, yeah um, and did ABCs of Death so I think this is like an yeah an indie director like I think they know what they're doing here. Uh, I think they're making lower level uh, horror monsters because they know there is, you know, there is an audience for it. There is like companies that'll just pick these up and throw mm-hmm. them on, I don't know, Netflix or Amazon. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I'm sure they like what they do. I'm sure they like. Um, also, this is a sequel, technically. There was a oh. movie called Blackwater. Oh. Uh, which was also about a crocodile. I oh. assumed. It would yeah. have been a real curveball if they just added one into the sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, the first one I thought was about, like, orcas and stuff. <laughs> all right, right. I'm done. That's a stupid bit. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it sounds like this person's got some sort of momentum behind their films uh but i i'm sort of with you abe yeah on this like i'm not i'm not it, it's not enough for me to be interested mm-hmm. right uh which is surprising because it's about a killer crocodile i know i know yeah 
<laughs> it looks too claustrophobic. It looks like the crocodile attacks aren't going to be good. Uh, yeah. It looks like they had to cheat a lot of effects. Yeah. Uh, and so mm, I'm it just looks not like. A, um, oh, crap. Uh, whatever. The 47 Meters Down sequel that just came out. I forget. Oh, 47 Meters Down Uncaged. Um, which is like the exact same premise. They're stuck in an underwater cavern with a, a blind albino shark. <laughs> um, yeah, and it just ends up being kind of boring. Right. Yeah, I think I think there's a whole market in movies that have really good covers yeah. uh, and are like sci-fi original types, mm. uh, but a little better, a little like a tier up from that. Right. And some of them are really good. There's been some where I'm like... I. I wish this worked out more. What was the one? Uh, Bait, I think it was called. It's the one where there's a, a tsunami and all the people are stuck in a supermarket on the tops of the aisles and there's a shark in the supermarket. And it was like, oh, oh that's fun. Uh, but it doesn't quite pan out. There's so many of these where it's like, we're I stuck. Know. There's a big animal. Ugh. Well, okay. Yeah, maybe I'm the wrong one here, but my, I don't know. Let's do a movie no, where there's I, like... No, I can I agree let's, with let's, you. Let's, let's do a movie where they're like trapped in a skyscraper with a bear. Yeah. yeah. Let's put a werewolf on a submarine. There yeah. you go. Fuck, there you go. <laughs> let's do it. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, all right, yeah, next trailer. On, yeah, yeah uh, Foundation on yeah. Apple TV. Apple with TV, David Getting yeah. that Dune style going. This is what we were talking about earlier with Apple TV spending just all the money. <laughs> yeah, they have money, so. Yeah. yeah, they have a lot of it. So let's make it the most, Too much. one of the most sweeping science fiction uh, novels of all time. Yeah, it's a series of novels, isn't it? Yeah, it's a series. Yeah, so there. I, I, th- I assume this is a show? Yeah, it's a TV yes. show. Um. I mean, it looks cool. I have. I don't know anything about this. Sto- I just. I know that the books exist. That's it. I don't know anything about the story. Um, I've read the books, but I've known a lot of people who really, really like this series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do know that if you're going to take a bunch of novels, as far as I'm concerned, that's the way. TV show is the right medium for that. Yeah, it just looks for like. Sure. It looks like, some like I having not read them. But having heard about them and now seeing it visualized for us in a way, mm-hmm. uh, this fucking series is like super epic and sweeping. Like every, it seems like it needs to be Game of Thrones level, right? Yeah. Like they're trying to get a Game of Thrones going. I, I guarantee you that was in the pitch. Right. Yeah. And they're putting their money where their mouth is and I uh, let's see how it pans out. I hope it's well directed and written and yeah. acted because good lord. Yeah, David S. Goyer doesn't I don't I don't know what to feel about him showing up right away. Mm-hmm. Because he is not an indication of quality. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Uh not at all. Not his his impre- his his presence is impossible to decipher on a project. Yeah. He has been cre- he wrote like uh, Dark City, uh, uh, but then also Blade Trinity. Yeah, and then The Dark Knight, and then and then freaking uh, Man of Steel, and it's just like I can't, I can't. Under- I have no I don't idea know. what's going on with that guy. <laughs> I think it's like, I think he, when coupled with a good director, he wrote he wrote Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance, uh, and he has nothing to do with why I like that movie. You know, mm-hmm. 
So I think it's when when coupled with because as a director he he doesn't have much. He did The Unborn, yeah, and oh he directed Blade Trinity. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. And was he's not directing any Jonathan of these, Nolan on this? But then he moved to Westworld. Is that what happened? I'm I not. Think a, so. I'm not into Jonathan I, Nolan. No, I wouldn't be. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, he he and um, what's her name, Lisa Joy, the the co-creator of Westworld. I think you're right. I don't know. It's um, been a while since I watched Westworld. It's not on our docket today, but they announced this morning that they're developing a Fallout TV show. Oh uh, right, yeah. right, right. Um, <clears throat> no, thank you. Yeah, uh, this this show. It's what just, a shame. Is it going to be a bunch of mystery box horse shit or not? That's it's, that's my question. I don't know if because they have it all written out. Like what? Why does the mystery box exist? Is a whole thing. And to me, it comes down to this. They don't have the material agreed upon. Yes, they, They've correct. not agreed upon the material, therefore they don't know where they're going. So You're they're, right. This is from... building yeah, a buffer a... system. Since this comes from an Asimov property, if they just follow the fucking Matt right. story, they're going to like, be fine. The Watchmen came, had a source material, and that was full of weird mystery boxes. But they box chose stuff. to completely... It's not Watchmen, though, right? It's right, not. It's, not, it's a sequel to Oh, the you're novel. right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a like a... Yeah, it's a reimagining of like a world that already existed. Uh, that's different. This is, for all we know, unless they've reimagined this for some weird reason, I think it's a direct adaptation. Therefore, it should just scan that they're... Because that would be like the the absolute ego in this in this industry is alarming. I yet to see an ego where it's like we're gonna take this like thing and make it into a TV show, and I'm gonna completely rewrite it. Rewrite it. Yet uh, as soon as I say that, I also remember that Alex Garland made it <laughs> Annihilation. So so if you're good. <laughs> I'm fine with it, but yeah. like for the most part with TV shows, especially where you have to just keep pumping them out and it's continuous story churn and it's not like it can just have an act one, act two and act three and be done. Uh, you know, you need to follow a map and Nolan and his subsidiaries in mystery box Inc are clearly to me, uh, they they realize the trick that works and they're just gonna exhaust it as long as they can until they get the yeah. next job. It's uh, it's it it makes it ma- it hurts it hurts it really hurts. It's very it's very frustrating. Yeah. Looking at um, yeah, and looking at David S. Goyer, I think what the pattern is is that if he's coupled with the right person, like I don't think I think he just knows how to write a mm-hmm. screenplay. Because, like, the Dark Knights are all co-written with Christopher Nolan, uh, as opposed to, like, you know, Man of Steel, which isn't. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know about this. I also just looked up the director of the episode of the all the episodes of this. They directed the Scarlett Johansson Ghost in the Shell movie and Snow White and the Huntsman. Wow. So. Okay. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm done talking about this. Frankly, yeah. this is. I mean, I'm never Jared Harris this. is in it. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. Uh, this is all a shame now. I'm getting real West West. <laughs> Why do they give these of this? people jobs? God damn it! I'm pissed now. I came <laughs> into a hype cast and I'm pissed. Someone yeah. let Abe direct found, let Foundation. Abe direct Foundation. <laughs> or or somebody. 
who can make a compelling story from a directorial point of view? I mean, no, 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 definitely make me, definitely me. But yeah. like, Abe specifically, you know, but like still, like these these fucking these fucking cretins are fucking ruining this shit in front of us completely rewriting the zeitgeist for tv saying this shit is okay and you know what it's not westworld you're not okay fuck yourself go fuck yourself you god i'm so pissed yeah it's, angry aid yeah I'm, I'm really annoyed at some of the stuff that gets considered to be prestige television right it's like I, like hmm. man other stuff is really good uh, some but, stuff is really good um, and then Tons we of keep getting really <laughs> Westworlds so and fucking that's sci-fi, specifically sci-fi. Yeah, like man, sci-fi TV has taken a big dip. Yeah, where right. you got the Picard oh. show, you got Westworld, you got Watchmen. They're all like well-done shows that if you pull any threads on them, they just cr- fall apart. Um, I, I'll go. I'll go out on a limb and say the second half of Watchmen is utter dog shit. Really? Like it's not even that it's I never got that far. Yeah. This, yeah, there this you set, go. Like, Watchmen starts you go. so strong. Like the first episode's incredible. It's compelling. First episode's it's a compelling great. imagery. That's all. Um and then the last half of the season is dog shit. Like yeah. someone come to bat, hit me up in my DMs, you know, fucking fucking whatever. Tell explain to me what what is a value in the Watchmen? What is in value in the in Westworld? Explain to me what the story is doing and why it matters. That is the question. Because that's why I think we put our ass in the seats. But <laughs> I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, I, don't know. I think it's, I, I think Westworld specifically. Well, I mean, Westworld's just, definitely the, like, Watchmen had a thesis and a point of view. It's just, it fell pretty hard victim to mystery boxing. And then one or two just completely. Like okay, this plot that you just came up with is ridiculous. Like there's there's one or two reveals in that show that I think are just unforgivable, unforgivable from a narrative standpoint. But like right. what what not what Westworld doesn't have a thesis, doesn't have a point of view. It's mm. just a mystery box. No, it's trying to feel like it's something. Like mm-hmm. it it keeps like that. It it's like it's like bad poetry where it's just it's doesn't have really any meaning, but it seems like it might be deep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then when you actually like, sit down with it, you're like, yeah, I don't know what what you're trying to say. Uh also this is horseshit. All they're trying all they're trying to say is watch the next episode. That's all they're doing. Yeah. They just withhold yep. shit from you to get you to keep watching. That's it. Yeah. It's very sad <laughs> to me. Yeah. Makes me sad. So yeah. Foundation. I I do think it uh, I I think this might be another one of those cases. Assuming people watch it on Apple TV, which yeah, I think this is going to be another like expanse or uh, I don't know. They had a bunch of them like sci-fi TV, mm-hmm. like sci-fi channel kind of attempts to make like a bigger sweeping thing that doesn't have someone at the helm who's like, I don't know, something like a like something that's going to make it have like some secondary meaning like like Mad Men yeah. or something like that or even Game of Thrones when it's at its best like it's trying to make an it's taking an evocative story but it's uh it's doing more than that it's trying to say like here are some here are ways in which people can be configured and here's how like power disseminates or here's how like people abuse each other and therefore how 
like what is the unique aspect of these politics that are driving these people and when this the second that you're just like forsaking that logical and character based through line for things of like yeah but wouldn't it be cool that at the end he takes his mask off and it's someone that doesn't make sense that you know like the second that you're going for like the shock as opposed mm-hmm. to the the salient you've lost the that aspect of your tv show that's, or your or yeah. Your yeah and that's a that's a major that's one of the two major things that Watchmen does in its second half like it literally exactly. does the let's have the character take its mask off and it's a and it revealed themselves to be someone that doesn't make any sense exactly and it's it sucks <laughs> because that one honestly started with like a really strong because it had like really compelling imagery that like made us think about like okay this is a that how are they gonna how are they gonna compile this world and mm-hmm. make it not an absolute bloodbath that's well, what you're hoping for and that what you get is a bloodbath and that is like promise that that is a promise that they state in like episode one when they reveal that the guy that you thought was actually a good guy is like a kkk guy you know like that kind of shit is like okay now we're going somewhere this is gonna have some salient like social that was progressive <clears throat> that reveal was in like the second or third episode but okay, yeah okay. like like the first half of Watchmen is like really good Right, and it's then why... once they did that, it was like, okay, what are you going to do with that? you now standing on a scaffolding of saying mm-hmm. something that could be really interesting. Do something with it. And they chose to not do anything at all, just to make it like, well, guess what? It's all a part of this other plot that's happening. Yeah. Well, guess what? That's all part of a plot that's happening over here. Well, guess yeah. what? Let's just hodgepodge throw these scenes in with Jeremy Irons. It's just like, fuck it's... you. It's why J.J. Abrams likes to start series and not finish uh, them and not finish them. <laughs> you know why? Because it's, it's easier. It's easy to just set a bunch of pieces in motion yeah. that seem like they're going to end in a compelling way without knowing how it's going to end. Let me make my werewolf on a submarine idea and I will make it <laughs> yeah. way better than fucking Westworld. And I just thought of it now. I don't even know. Maybe there's a werewolf in... Maybe there's an actual movie that is being made that's a werewolf in a submarine. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Make it good. It, the, the idea doesn't matter. Any A good artist can take any idea, something that's stupid, and make it actually work. So you take give that same person a good idea, and it's fucking Abe, stellar. There's nothing stupid about a werewolf on a submarine. No, yeah. that's only... That, that's only gonna win all the oscars okay yeah i'm I'm glad Um, you're on the same mind i am (laughs) let's 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 get into some more producers you guys yeah uh producers like wavy rancheros thank you wavy also thanks to dr kitty md your adorable doctor who's an adorable doctor uh thanks to mr d n a thank you uh, thank you to Lauren Gucci. Woo. Uh, thank you to Bootler Bootlson. Woo. Woo. Bootler. Bootler. Bootlson. Grumblebee. Thank you, Grumblebee. Uh, thank you to Tux. Thank you to Welsowski. Thank you to Shepherd Mulch Diggums. <laughs> uh, Tom. Dirt erupting from his asshole. His asshole. Mm. Yeah. Thanks to Norm from Cheers. Thank you to Davey Francis. Thank you to Space McNulty. Thank you to Captain Fat Strong. Thank you to Hiram. Thank you to, oh, great, it's that guy. Thank you to Lef. Uh, Abe, why don't you grab the last couple? <clears throat> yeah, thank you to Bob Grenville. Thank you to Nolan Matten. Thank you to Joshua Graves. And thank you, 
not especially, but lastly, normal man, Andrew McGuire. You're not, you're not fooling Thank anyone you. with that name, I'm telling you. Mm-mm. We're not fooled. You're a werewolf on a submarine. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we got uh, this Joss Wheaton stuff. Yeah, Ray, Ray Fisher, Fisher, who played Cyborg in Justice League, is coming out pretty strong against Joss Whedon this week on Twitter. Yeah. Here's, um, here's okay. So just to compare, because someone reminded the world that uh, Christopher Nolan doesn't like chairs on his set. Not true, though, by the way. It's not true? Yeah, it's not true. That's what I was going to say, it's because it's, it's like, fake. that doesn't feel like... He doesn't like, allow um, cell phones on a set. Sure, but, uh, but that sounds Michael Caine, 90-year-old Michael Caine, gets a chair. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I, I, I figured it was someone, like, him saying that to crew. Read it, read, you know, just read into the thing. It was completely made up. I think it was taken out of context, but, like, they have since said, like, no, here's pictures of chairs on set. That's there really is funny. behind the scenes of Inception. What the fuck are people th- like? Yeah, I it was, was going to say it was, though, it was something that, out of a, a interview that Anne Hathaway and Hugh Jackman gave. I think it's because he doesn't like to sit. Like he likes to. Yeah. sit. He, it's his personal thing, but he doesn't force anyone. As far as like the news think, hasn't said anything that's made me convinced of that. I you know who knows maybe there's. I think now he's doing actors, that. Starting yesterday, I, think, I don't know. I think storytellers and actors like hyperbole. Like whenever mm-hmm. you watch the making of anything, it always feels like they're they're boosting their stories mm-hmm. because why wouldn't they? Or they're right. cutting out details to yeah. get the story across more quickly. Yeah, uh, no, I don't know. But I was gonna say maybe it, that's part of it. I think it, what I read from the doesn't allow cha- chairs because it's like of course he allows chairs. It's just that he's a bit of a hard ass on set, yeah. or something like that, uh, which is um, a whole different thing. And could be what, exactly, wrong. and I was, that's what I was gonna say like, is is a very different thing than what Josh Wheaton's getting here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, if you're abusive, you should be treated like if you're an asshole, you get treated like an asshole in a story. Yeah, and like there's been, it seems like there's a few stories coming out about him. Josh Wheaton has pretty much vanished, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, from like social media, or what do you mean? From making movies. Does he have anything like... Mm-mm. Like was no, he was up? effectively he was... canceled is what you're saying? Like what are you saying? Well, I, that's what I'm wondering. Because no, because after after Justice League, he has like no other projects or anything, does yeah, he? Yeah, he was briefly attached to Batgirl and then he stepped away. Okay. That's interesting. I don't know exactly why that is. It seems like... Because it doesn't seem like he was like canceled by like the public. Mm-hmm. So something, it, it, he clearly must, like, there must be a reason for that, right? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I think he's, he, he might be an asshole. People are saying he's an asshole. I yeah. don't know him. Yeah. Sounds like an asshole. Because <laughs> there's a whole bunch of other people that, like, when a bu- like, few people come out and say, hey, this guy's an asshole, I'm like you know word around is <laughs> that this guy's an asshole yeah i've heard so, that guy's right. an asshole now i have a i have a whole bunch of different thoughts about like when it is okay to be an asshole like as a director but it's usually dealing with consent like you you can be allowed to be an asshole by other people or like be an asshole to me because that will get me where i need to be as an actor there's never right. an excuse to be an asshole to someone who drives a car or is getting you a coffee 
or you know is so like when it gets into the actor space it gets a little nebulous but if he's an asshole to everyone then he's an asshole and if he's an asshole to his actors and they're not asking for that he's an asshole right i don't know how it's a news story we should just don't employ assholes but assholes are employed most of hollywood is assholes as far as i'm no yeah. There's a it lot of assholes. They're when... just different assholes. Some people are loud assholes. Some people are sneaky assholes. <laughs> a hidden asshole. A hidden asshole. asshole. But you know, like, like, let's everyone get your assholes out. Is what I'm saying. And let's like look at these assholes and determine yeah, what assholes you know, shouldn't be working anymore. I mean, people have a right to speak up. When they had a terrible boss. For sure. Yeah. But it is it does seem like he's not doing anything anymore. Although I just looked him up. He might be show running soon. And like, oh no. I mean, he's like uh, yeah. if if he's a bad boss and then he's running like a show that might potentially go on for a while, that's a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. I mean that's all. It's one thing to say or for me to be here and say like Joss Whedon is an asshole based off of you know, some articles that were written about him that clearly there's a trend here. And so I'm going to believe as someone who's listening to media in this case, like he's an asshole. And so I don't like him. Uh, I don't, the far more interesting conversation to me is how do we deal with this kind of shit? And there's no better person than you guys just had that podcast, but like than Mel Gibson, who's I'm pretty sure even much worse than Joss Whedon in terms of assholedom, you know? I, I can't say, because, yeah. I don't know, maybe some one of them's got babies in their, you know, floorboards. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, but as far as I'm concerned, one is definitely a racist, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, one is 100% a racist. And we allow him <laughs> to make movies and there. get things. Let's unpack that as a society. Why do we allow that? Why do we go to that? Who's going to that? What is that all about? These are the questions we should ask. be asking. Uh, whether or not Josh Whedon gets his next job, that should be the result of the thinking that we do with those questions, is yeah, my opinion. It's, it's also hard because, like, again, I, I, I think if people feel the need to speak up about somebody, then they do. Uh, but I always wonder when it's just someone being like, my boss is an asshole. That's true. And it's like, yeah, everybody's I boss I want to hear what asshole. other people are saying about it. But it is true that he's not the first one to say that. Yeah. But I think I he might be the first man to say it, though. What's that? He might be the first man to say it, right? Maybe. I don't know what his history is and it, it I don't know. I don't know if that's what that means. This made but this made a lot of waves for something that is essentially someone on Twitter just saying, mm-hmm. "Yeah, this guy was an asshole." Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, it, it, might, it, it might be blown out of proportion. Specific? What was that, Tom? Oh. Um I think it got amplified because of like the you know the Snyder cut shit and all that stuff right where it's like cer- there's a cer- oh, there's a certain so it's there's like- a certain area of fandom that's convinced um like Joss Whedon and Warner Brothers like ruined this great version of the movie and here's the proof of it because Ray Fisher says he was says he was an asshole um, you know when people 
So yeah. Oh, sorry. That's all. I just think, yeah. I think it probably got amplified attention because right. of that. You know when people say like, I I sick of movies being political, and they mean like, you know like, LGBT rights and like being not inclusive. just all white people. I I'm gonna say that in the sense that I don't like it when yeah it's this movie against that movie mm-hmm. where it's literally like politics within movies mm-hmm. seems very dumb to me. Yeah, uh, that all makes sense that this would be amplified by that. I don't know. I'm not exa- I'm not defending Joss Whedon because he has I I don't know. Uh, I don't like you said Abe. I don't really know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this was a weird thing to become like suddenly really. Well, and then also, you know, obviously Ray Fisher's as a black actor, so it's like we're people are having you know discussions about inclusivity and and stuff like that right now at a at an amplified volume. So that right has something to do with it as well. Yeah, I think yeah, and that's like and he's he's and you know he's a bias. minority actor that doesn't have a lot of clout in the industry. Mm-hmm. Like like Justice League was supposed to be his big break, right? That's right. true. So yeah. like if anybody's going to get his ass kicked on on set by a powerful director, it's somebody like him who can't who doesn't have the clout to say anything about it. That's that's true. One thing we know about power, yeah, mm-hmm. is that they I do you're beholden to me. Why? Because I represent what is established and you yeah. are up and coming. So you obey. And that's uh that's power. That happens. And it's not Yeah, good. I do I it's do like good. actors kind of speaking up for themselves like that. Ah, there was that so. thing where um Deborah Ann Wool was uh talking about how she didn't get a job after Daredevil. And like Hmm. as a fan of that show that really bummed me out like I, i'm glad she spoke up because it was like oh shit you should get another job after daredevil i don't know yeah there is something to actors just being like hey you know i wasn't treated well and i want people to know that and if you're a fan of that actor you know like i i do it, it is important for like justice league fans to know this yeah and to be like yeah that sucks if there's someone's claiming something happened, mm-hmm. then let's take it seriously. And yes. yeah, for sure. You know, like if there, not, something did happen, to... let's do appropriate action against it. Um, yeah. It doesn't even have to be like in the case of Josh Wheaton, it is, but like with Deborah Ann Wool, it's just like, there's no like, uh, like one villain there. It's just like, Hey, that sucks. You should get, you should get more jobs. You yeah. were really good in that. And as of this story breaking, uh, I haven't read anything in particular that he's been accused of. Just saying he's generally kind of kind of shitty to people, right? Yeah. Which I don't know if that's a fireable offense, you know? No, no, Cause no. Because then, then we got to really start rethinking who's in movies and stuff, you know? Again, it's it's weird to know. Like, it's the same with Christopher Nolan. Even if that Even if that chair thing was true, it's like people wouldn't do anything about it. Right. You know, right? What are you gonna do about the chair thing? You're just gonna like them a little less. And if that is enough for you, don't go to the movies. Problem solved. Everyone, yeah. don't go to those movies if you believe that. You know, I think that that's that same kind of thing. Is that that's always gonna be the inclusivity of narrative storytelling and the idea of the artist. Is that if you believe that the artist isn't worth having a statement being said. You do that by support, you do that by speaking out, you do that by convincing people. And then if you get to enough people and you get enough facts behind you, something actionable will occur. 
because you'll yeah. go together to the studio or to the people who actually make and break the deals and say like it's behoove of you to ignore this person from now on we will go to movies when you uh, start using other people there's so many other people to make movies and television shows this is once yeah. again i'm not going to say i know what went down i'm just saying that this is how isn't this how we should operate all the time you know listen observe seen get the facts verify facts make action like that seems sure. like a good kind of scientific method process for that yeah and have empathy for vi victims at all times right because like you don't know what they know yeah so um, that's yeah. where i'm at with this because i i came from like i love josh whedon's film like films and television I, like buffy was huge for me you know oh, okay like i really like buffy and uh i really like toy story you know um and there's like firefly was pretty important to me in college there are numerous things that he's had his hands on or been completely like the artistic like person behind it that I, you know, was totally all about. I was yeah. like, yeah, he's pretty good, you know, like, and, uh, this would definitely pepper those, you know, yeah, those, all those products for me because I would be like, I, I couldn't stop thinking about him treating Christina Carpenter that way in Buffy, you know, like, right. It's fucked up. That is a key thing to this that I feel like I downplayed by saying he's an asshole is that if he's accusing him of, quote, abusive behavior, that's different than being a jerk. Right. That's true. Yeah. Because um, these are people in like, I think what it is, is that directors, they're in this position of power. That's also like emotional power over actors. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of room there. They have a they have a lar a bigger like palette when it comes to how to abuse your power. Oh yeah, uh, they just have way more tools at their disposal for that. Yeah, and uh, we all, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think that's why it comes out so often. Why we talk about directors, also because we're film people, but like, you know, They're because I think it's just a it's a position set. that's really easy to be abusive from. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Justice League, <laughs> sure. Uh, Seg Segway. Speaking of monsters, they're making a Frosty the Snowman film. History's greatest monster. Yes, Frosty. Um, I don't know. Jason what this Momoa is, is going to star as Frosty in this live-action adaptation that I'm guessing will be a nightmare. I read the Deadline article and I still don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't understand what any of this is i like i understand that frosty the snowman is like a thing uh like he, he's uh, he's like a christmas thing right he came to life one day and yeah we, there's a song uh, with a hat and yeah. uh then there was like horror films no that was jack frost it's jack frost frosty the snowman i don't even know no but there's two films called jack frost one is a horror film and the other is about a killer snowman okay mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, so I, I see why my wires are getting crossed. But Frosty the Snowman is supposed to be a good guy, right? Doesn't he bring like holiday cheer and shit? I don't. I there's something there's something up with them. So why are they making like, like a live action know, CG? Like a, I don't know. Because that I sounds figure, horrifying to me. It if sounds you like cast Jason Momoa, he's going to be like delivering holiday cheer and also like choke slams. Yeah, exactly. I hope like, so. Like everything around this is like, what is this thing? 
which you know in the right hands could be fucking amazing <laughs> yeah no, i'm, I'm watching this movie <laughs> like, i'm all for chaos <laughs> and this sounds like chaos to me <laughs> yeah i i wonder do they know that where they're like Okay, well, at least 25% of our audience will be watching ironically, so we got those hipsters in there. Mm-hmm. Like, and then there'll be like the parents and kids on the side. Like right. they must know this is going to be totally fucked up. Yeah, oh, of course. Right. Cuz either either it's that and they're super self-aware and we don't give them credit for that. But like based off what usually comes out, there's not a lot of I don't have a lot to be optimistic for like these types of things. And so I Part of me thinks that like producers are somehow doing just like a game of like uh, Mad Libs where they're like, let's get a star and roll, spin the wheel. And it's Jason Momoa, you know, and it's Frosty the Snowman. Bada bing, baby. You know, like, I don't know how this came to be and I don't know whose vision is behind it. I if it's very tempered. Fuck. Yeah. If it's not like, well, more of the same bullshit that I don't understand. So. From from a writing perspective, this seems like it'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. If someone came to you and they're like, "You need to put this together," I think because it would be like, "Oh fuck yeah, I do." Because I think you have an intriguing brain, <laughs> and your brain is gonna go in a in a weird way. That's why I have faith when you say that. I don't know these I don't, people, well, so I can't say. I think yes and no because I think the producers would always tone it down no matter what. Right. I think it's just like it's like a fun puzzle. It's just like, okay, you need to make a Frosty the Snowman film. Uh, and we have Jason Momoa. Do it. Go. Make that work. And it's like, fuck, man. I don't know. Let's figure this out. Yeah. And that seems... I can understand as a writer why that is like intriguing. But the real question is, why? <laughs> kids. So we're trying to scare kids. these kids. There's also a line in this Deadline article that I wanted to pull out that I felt like... Um, What's his name? Uh, Berg. John Berg, uh, who's one of the producers of the film, uh, has a quote in this. And like, I don't understand. I feel like he's a robot because he said, talking of Jason Momoa, quote, from his role as a fearsome count in a land of ice and fire. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, that's Game of Thrones. And you watch Jason Momoa as you know and that's a fearsome count What's what fucking counts name? are john you berg? looking at <laughs> john berg is actually the name of a sophisticated ai they created okay that's what i was saying yeah. yeah to just make movie plots yeah. uh they also worked on elf um that's okay. something that is in this article uh it's just very strange that he would describe him as a fearsome count <laughs> it's pretty great i mean yeah. now i'm definitely watching this yeah <laughs> yeah um so we're getting a beavis and butthead revival mm-hmm. a second one i was gonna say didn't they already do this they did about 10 years ago and they don't have time for eon flux no one has time to bring back eon flux hey, i didn't know you had that opinion that's really cool <laughs> i agree with you i love eon flux. yeah me too it's a great show yeah fuck um it it, uh, not a great movie uh they could make a good movie i'll take it yeah no i was the same when they when aeon flux the movie came out i was like oh yeah i'll 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 take it i don't give a shit and then you start watching and you're like oh no but also yeah they didn't even make 
That, all right. The bummer was they didn't make it look like Eon Flux. Mm. And they didn't understand. Yeah, Eon Flux is like, it's it's so weird. Uh, yeah, it's... And they didn't make it weird. They tried to they, make it like Hollywood. They took all the style really out, and they replaced it yeah. with a general, like, sleek style. Even, like, the, I, I would have accepted, like, okay, you can't make her hair look like that. All right, you can't make it look that weird. You can do but, something. But, like, you can at yeah. least bring out the weirdness. Like, it's a great like sci-fi series i mean they had the the they had a, what's her name with the with the hands for feet yeah that was about it that's about as weird as it got yeah and like yeah yeah trevor was was there and but mm-hmm. they i don't know maybe that should i again just a revival yeah i'm fine i just want an eon flux revival but this sure. is Beavis directed and by you abe which I, um I, yeah i don't know about beavis and butthead as like i don't know i've i always found them delightful i enjoy it yeah i enjoy it it was it's nostalgia factor the thing with mike judge is that he was so instrumental in like comedy for so long for a lot of us yeah and like over time he's just kind of like we've kind i kind of fell out of love with him and i don't think that his uh his abilities have changed i just think that like the world has kind of changed and what we find funny and what is the best joke in the room isn't isn't that it that anymore it's they're still very concise very thorough worlds and so did you guys watch more power to them but did you watch extract that was him right i did it was and no i didn't <clears throat> i did watch okay it. i i do think extract and I, I, this is. I think this is a common thing that happens, and I like much Mike Judge. I, I thought Extract was funny enough. Um, this isn't like a big commentary on him, but Mike Judge comes from the point of view of people are idiots. Mm-hmm. Beavis and Butthead, Idiocracy, right. Office Space. I love Idiocracy. Um, yeah, but his power changed in life. So what's interesting about Extract? It's from the perspective of a boss in that one, and all the workers are pains in the ass which everything else very funny it's very funny yeah because everything else up to that point is the slacker the worker the the you know yeah yeah the everyman it's uh it's there was that observation made about scott adams was the same as that dilbert over the years the pointy-haired boss has become the more sympathetic character in his strip and the workers are more alike and i mean scott adams got a lot of things going on there but like yeah i think it's that idea when you come from that like it's me against the world attitude and then you get power you don't realize it right yeah you don't realize it's not as charming but mike judge that hasn't been the case um yeah uh i don't know what to expect out of this i'm sure you know it'll have an update and i'm sure like i feel like arrest development after arrest development had happened like i I, i'm not a big fan of remakes in general uh, mm-hmm. not just because I don't think that they can't be reimagined in good ways, but like the clear impetus for this is to create a nostalgia factor for, uh, you know, the demographic that would watch it on comedy central, trying to bring back that magic, get those, people there does in, have get new yeah. people in, but also get word of mouth going because it was such a seminal series. And I just think that that's like, just, just move on, create something else. That's great. Make a different movie. Yeah, there there has to be a why now factor mm-hmm. where it's like why, the why why is it relevant now? Right. That said, Comedy Central uh, along with Eon Flux, although that's not Comedy Central, but uh, uh, they should bring back Doctor Katz. 
Uh, I've been rewatching Dr. Katz a lot, and that's always relevant because it's just let's have comedians on. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's have comedians do their stand up and give them an outlet and animate them. Yeah. That would still, I mean, I mean, that'd still be a hit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm sure I'll watch this if it's a like streaming somewhere. Yeah, I don't know where it's streaming yet. Com- I yeah. mean, Comedy Central, obviously. Comedy, it's going to be airing on Comedy Central, so I don't but know. I don't know yeah. if it'll go anywhere else. But yeah, I get you where the views in my head feels very 90s. Yeah, I, I just don't know what in this world they're beavis and butthead are gonna really say i don't i just don't yeah. think the touchstones are the same in the same way that made beavis and butthead not saying that made them true what made them perfect you know well i guess because they didn't they weren't saying anything like that no, was the generation just, that was that generation at that, yeah, age. that said daria yeah uh daria would would be perfect right now yeah that seems a little bit closer to it i just think we let's just make new let's make new characters Sure. But that are more attuned, but like I don't know, I, I'm clearly not the guy guy who's like the money maker here. So look, look, Abe. In 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 50 years, when you're bringing back Werewolf on a submarine, yeah, for its six you might be iteration. singing a different tune. Yeah, you're right, and I'll make it. He'll be a werewolf boss in a submarine. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Get those TPS reports right. going, baby. We got more. We got more producers. Man, we uh, sure shout did. out to. Shout out to Ozzy. Woo. Thank you, Ozzy. Thank you to Tom, quasi-dangerous levels of hype K. Woo. Thank you to A and then a J. Uh, thank you to Sweet and then a Meat. Uh, thank you both. Uh, Tip Drizzle is a name. It is. TD, <laughs> Tippy Drizz. Uh, frankly Amish. Thank you. Thomas. Yeah, I'll swoop in here. Thank you to Miss Voidus. Thank you to the ghost of Dave Thomas. Thank you. Thanks to Aaron ghost. Burser. Uh, and thank you to David Knifeboot, Henson MBA CPA. And thank you to mm. Christopher Robert Sparts Esquire. Thank you, Topher. Uh, Abe, why don't you grab the last couple? Yeah, let's let's get a real let's get a good hype going for Mackenzie, quote, righteous hand of the lizard people, chill. Mm. Woo. Funky J. Mm. FJ. And Woo. last but not least, Pie Guy. Pie Guy. Thank you. Oh, Whew. man. Dave. Yeah. We've re- we reached the point of the evening where it's time for me to ask you if you have a movie that deserves more hype. Oh, okay. <laughs> we've, reached, we've reached the point where I say yes. Oh, Yes, man. I do. This is actually, I was thinking of bringing this up next week. Or not next week. Uh, what's the, the week before this one? Last That's week. last week. Uh, and then, you know, we had some stuff we had to talk about there. This is called Nobody Knows I'm Here. It's on Netflix right now. Uh, and it's a very compelling trailer. I'm going to watch this, uh, I think. This is looks yeah. hype. This looks hype. I didn't know it existed. This is played by uh, Hurley from Lost. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's the Hurl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's about a <clears throat> former child star who had an amazing voice. His name is Mimo. Uh, and as a child, he was like uh, about to become a big s- success. And the producer said he didn't have the right look. And so he's they a fat had kid. a, what's that? He's a fat kid. Yeah. He was a little fat kid. Yeah. And, um, and so they were like, let's give it, let's give it to your voice 
to this better looking kid. And that kid got famous. And this is him now as an adult played by Hurley uh, living in a house kind of fantasizing. It seems like about what life would have been. Yeah. Um, he's like living on a lake, uh, I think, uh, with his uncle, I believe. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a little cryptic and uh, seems pretty dark. Yeah. It seems like it's real sad. It seems yeah. it's interesting because I think it, we have a very sad character, but I think it's actually like um, kind of like Captain Fantastic is sad. Like it, it's very it seems very charming because it seems like he's starting to get in a relationship with someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's like this. There's definitely going to it's going to be a bittersweet thing no matter what. Yeah. It's gonna be. Yeah. It's not going to be all dark. It's not going to be all bright. Yeah. I right. got a little bit of like Lars and the real girl mm-hmm. vibe from it. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, like the character just, is sad, but like, you know, the the movie itself is, I like is this, more. Yeah I, yeah, I really like the scope of it, though. I like I think the idea of someone like a kid who is like groomed to be something and then it didn't work out is thoroughly interesting. And the reasons that it didn't work out are absolute bullshit is yeah. even more interesting. Uh, and they're therefore to do kind of like a memoir of that person later in life is also a good take. Like everything's lining up that I feel like, and the, the cinematography and the directing seem competent. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I got a lot of hype for this. Yeah, me too. It, it just looks really, I don't know, really compelling. It, yeah. I, I hope it's not a total bummer. I think about movies like Nebraska, which I really liked, which is like, you feel like when it starts, you're like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is going to be a real bummer. And then by the end, you're like, you know what? Everything's going to be all right. Yeah. Uh, and and I hope it's that. Although, whatever it is, it just looks very interesting. Yeah, it looks good. Although I would yeah. say stray away from the Variety article written about this, the one that you uh, copy-pasted here for our involvement. It seems to have a pretty important spoiler in it. Okay. I, I copy-pasted it just for the... Uh, yeah. Uh, the synopsis. So I'd say just if you have Netflix, just go to that and just watch it. If this any of this is interesting, because I, yeah, I, I, I mean tra- the trailer doesn't spoil. It doesn't. Anything. It doesn't mm-hmm. really. And I'm a. Ve- I don't know. I uh, these type of films I think are more important than ever to support because there's what there when all of the shit pans out. You know when COVID and everything else, and we get back to some form of normalcy. We're going to find the world has changed. And one of the ways that we're going to see that is in the luxury trade of entertainment. And one of those things that it seems clear that it's going is that we're going to have we have the consolidation already. It was pre-COVID of the consolidation of power into a few houses. Not quite a monopoly, but basically, yeah. And so all of the interesting stories and the stories that are like that I wouldn't have expected if you have any interest in that kind of thing at all I think we are going to get in these things we're going to get from films like this it looks like to me Uh, and so I'm always ready to soak that shit up that's why I think A24 has done so well um, is because they're fueling that kind of aspect of our hunger for new stories now whether or not Netflix will continue to be a place where that is made that's entirely a different you know, part of the equation. But I do think that it's there right now and it looks to be interesting. Having not seen it, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, everybody check out the trailer. Yeah, nobody it's knows a, I'm here is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Chilean film, so the it's it has a Spanish it's subtitled, language. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 
Well, the title as well, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it should be fucking just turn on Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just turn it on. You have it. You have you it. Know you have you it. Have I it. do. I'm so glad you that have it. I was so angry, and now I have a little little hope, a little hype. That's the point. That's the point of the hype. Yeah. Put an ad uh, at the hype. end there. I like that. Yeah, I always try to have a little a little good news right at the end. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, just, to, just to bring you it's back like up. A, yeah. It's like you're eating a hoagie of shit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. There's yeah. Like a little, and then, then there's a little cherry at the end of the hoagie, just like, sticking mm, out of the shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, delicious shit yeah, hoagie. that shit wasn't yeah. the a worst. A shogi. All right, that's a so. That's enough. We've talked for a long man. enough. <laughs> yeah. I want a hoagie. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. Um, Abe, uh, Abe. Thank you for doing the the show. Oh, yeah. As always, you guys are great. Oh, man. No, you're great. You're the great one. Oh. Do you want to uh, plug anything for us, Abe? Sure. Real quick, uh, you can find me at Twitter at AbeTheMighty. And also check me out with my uh, writing and uh, partner in crime, uh, Michael Swaim, at Patreon.com slash SmallBeans. Get ready for small mm, beans. Any- we're also, if you're listening to this, very soon in about a week, uh, we're going to have, if you guys are familiar with After Hours, which is a show that we all worked on, including, I think, both of yourselves. Um, yeah. Yeah. The uh, We're going to have uh, a final uh, reading. We're going to put it to bed. We're going to put it to bed. It's a reading of the final episode that, that was never actually created. Um and so we can you can get that at twitch.com or sorry twitch.tv slash one upsmanship um, one word and yeah uh, we're gonna be doing that on the 11th uh, of July at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time you'll get a reading of After Hours which no one has ever actually seen and that will be it yeah. that will be After Hours done because everyone's moved on their own way so that, that's 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 the big pitch I wanted to bring to this i guess oh that huh there's no, there's nothing else going on at twitch well, i was gonna allow nothing you to do important. that just because i had so much <laughs> yeah i know i know me me and abe have been uh designing a game yes, we have video on, game on dreams for ps4 if you're not familiar it's a ps4 game where you can just make your own game down to every every last detail you can make whatever you want and me and Abe, we've been spending, I don't know, two months? Probably, yeah, definitely. Okay. We've been spending the quarantine making a video yeah. game together. And the likes of uh, Tom uh, is, is and others Cody, are going to be playing the I game. Think Michael Swain, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. And this weekend, as in 4th of July weekend, we will be uh, streaming people playing me and Abe's game while we loom For over the- their shoulder like weird fucking people yeah. like ghosts and to, to, to be clear none of us have any idea what the game is no they don't yeah <laughs> So we'll be playing. We'll be experiencing every aspect of it for the first time. Yeah, just like <laughs> yeah. you, just like you. And they know us, and they still say that they don't know what to expect. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think it means that my mo is I've made that unclear in my life. My friends don't know what I'm all about. I think playing this right. video game, everyone's gonna figure out what I'm all about. Is my yeah, thought for sure. So for people to access that, it'll the the aforementioned one upsmanship Twitch. Probably the game fully unemployed Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll update you on the Twitters. Yeah, 
uh, you know, at Gamefully on, on Twitter. So, yeah. Also, um, I guess I should plug our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. We have exclusive podcasts there, like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, and Fox Mulder is a Maniac. Mm. Uh, check it out if you haven't already. Yeah, do those things. We also have a store, tpublic.com slash store slash Gamefully Unemployed, where you can get t-shirts, stickers, posters, and mugs. Confirmed. Yeah, apparently we have mugs. Um, travel mugs, even. So yeah, check that out up. if you want to, or don't. I don't care what you do. <laughs> yeah, I care if you, you should watch our game. <laughs> yeah, watch watch their game. Watch their game. Watch their game. It's going to be We're real gamers. weird. We're gamers. We're epic, dude. We're epic. Uh, we're so we're fucking epic. epic. So fucking epic All right. poggers. All right, let's get out of here. That's All enough. Right. That's enough. All right. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Our music is produced by Chris Corlew. You can follow him on Twitter at at the Corlew, C-O-R-L-E-W, and find more music at shipwreckedsailor.bandcamp.com. Our artwork is produced by Justin Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at at Justin T. Brown, and find more of his artwork at artnessbyjustinbrown.com and justinbrown.info.